Hey guys, today's podcast I'm going to open up with a Bible verse, so whether you're religious or not, hear me out, this is relevant to today's subject. So, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that's Romans 3.23, and what that is saying is that none of us are perfect, none of us, and today's subject is that feeling that we're not good enough, and we all have felt that in different areas of our life. And today I'm going to break it down into four areas that I have noticed in my life I have felt this and occasionally still do. So I'm going to give you my story. I'm going to give you how I feel like I was hardwired to feel this way in these four subjects, these four areas. And then I'm going to tell you how I've, uh, how I manage or have overcome that feeling. Okay. Not feeling good enough um, usually stems from comparing ourselves. And so keep that in mind. Also keep this in mind. As I go through these areas and I go through my stories, uh, think about your own experiences in history and, and just be aware um, if you have felt this way in this, in this same situation or in, in any of the areas. Just understand that it's part of your fabric and that the more you understand it, the more you can overcome or manage it. Okay, it's normal. Like I said, everybody has felt this way. So when you're comparing yourself to somebody else, just know um, that they, they feel inadequate in certain areas as well. All right, so the four areas that I have noticed and I have thought about, guys, look, I have, I've gone through this podcast. I've been writing notes for a while now. I don't feel like I'm ever going to get it perfect. I'll probably have a couple more follow-ups to this. Uh, but I want to I wanna give you these four areas, and I know there's more. So if there's any feedback here, uh, just let me know, and I'll, I'll gladly go over more, and I would love to hear you all stories as well. So please um, give me the feedback. Uh, the four areas that I've noticed in my life and I think are uh, uh, very... Um, uh, very much part of everybody else's lives where this is this feeling of not good enough has come from um, would first would be physically okay physically uh, whether you're way too much not enough I think that's uh, that starts really young I think we start comparing ourselves to others and uh, that's that right there probably is one of the strongest areas where we feel not good enough in my opinion um, Second one I've got here is our career education. Um, that right there can we can go on forever on that subject. Three monetary, economical, or social socially, we compare ourselves to the Joneses a lot. And fourth, which is actually uh, probably the most important uh, as we get older, is relationships. Uh, not feeling good enough in relationships. And so I'm going to save that one for last. And again, give me feedback, guys. I would love to dive deeper into this. This will be a superficial episode, so to speak, but I wanted to get it out there. Uh, I've been hearing it a lot. I seen a post the other day from a guy that said, uh, I'm not going to, obviously, I'm not going to put any names out there, but he, he has said he has battled this for a long time, not feeling good enough. And he's starting to feel that way. He's starting to feel good enough. And what that mean? What that means to me is that he started feeling confident. Okay, he, he's getting less and less insecure about things. All right. Um, again, I'm gonna go through all these areas. All right, and uh, think about your own story. Just think about where this has come from. We need to be aware so that we can overcome this stuff. And that's what I'm trying to do here: is just be more and more aware of myself. And this way, it's it's easier for me to manage, and I can be happier. I can be more secure. All right, so physically, physically, I was, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years old. I remember my father and my older sister making fun of me because I was skinny. I had nicknames, Skinny Belink. I don't even know what that means, Krista. Please elaborate. Skinny Belink, B-A-L-I-N-K. I don't know, but I can hear you saying it now, and I just get, I get angry. <laughs> I'm kidding, but... What that sparked in me was, well, maybe I am skinny. So 10, 11, 12 years old, I started looking at other people, other guys, other, other kids in the class, and I was skinny. And I don't know. I remember doing push-ups. Um, I remember as I got older, um, 13, 14 years old, everybody was getting taller and, and gaining weight, and I just, I was still skinny. And so I would 
eat. I would try to eat. I started working out. I started doing things. I remember a rusty barbell. I remember doing pull-ups. I do a lot of pull-ups and sit-ups. I think, you know, overcoming that was because I uh, didn't want to be teased and I wanted to, I was comparing myself to others. Uh, not only that, but you're getting to that age of, you know, trying to impress the opposite sex or whatever you're into. And uh, by whatever you're into, that means gay. Or I, don't, I don't care if you're gay or not, but uh, I was trying to <laughs> impress females. And how do you do that other than having huge biceps? Right, guys? I was into Hulk Hogan, and, you know, he was big. And um, that's where I started fixing that problem of mine. And I call it a problem because I made it a problem. And um, I'm just going to say our thoughts are not always the truth, guys. All right, uh, I can say that about everything. Our thoughts are not always the truth. Probably ought to write that down. Okay, uh, we feel a certain way a lot of times when nobody else is looking at us that way. Um, I don't know. My sister and my dad called me skinny. Did my friends and and the girls in my class did they did they think I was skinny? They didn't care. They probably didn't care. They didn't notice. There's nobody. Uh, in any of my classes, I would say, yeah, John, you're really skinny. That's not what they, I don't think they're really going to remember me for that back then. So our thoughts are not always the truth. That's just a real important one there. Anyway, as I got older, um, I continued to lift. I enjoyed it. it was, the gym was an outlet for me, and I felt like it was the only way I was really able to um, I guess stay on a level with other people, get into sports like basketball, um, being competitive, you know, you, you want to be better. And I think that's, that's how I, uh, I'm not going to say conquered, but that's how I dealt with the physical feeling of not good enough. And I can add in the diet to that as well. I mean, I, I figured out how to eat eventually and uh, eating healthy foods and just the whole health thing. Uh, is part of that, of being physical. But um, social media, like I said before, is makes it real tough on uh, females and males. Uh, you know, I worry about my daughter looking at pictures and comparing herself to uh, unrealistic photoshopped pictures. Uh, so we have to educate our young, all your parents out there, all the parents out there. Um, when I get into the how, um, how we manage and get over these things. I want you to think about how you're raising your children, okay? Because we want to raise our children to be confident. Now, um, as I'm 35 years old, I'm going through all these things and I'm trying to heal and grow. So I'm on a different journey and I want my daughter to really understand what it takes to be confident. I want her to know um, that she is worth it and she is good enough. And I mean, as I feel that way now, I'm still competitive, um, but I'm confident. I'm not, uh, I wouldn't say I'm, uh, I mean, some could say I'm arrogant. Maybe I'll take that, I'll own that, but um, I don't have that inadequate feeling anymore. And so when I get into this how, I really want you guys to think about uh, as we're raising our children, how we're, uh, how we're teasing them, how we're showing them the right way to, uh, to deal with uh, their feelings on on these things like this and as I go through these areas I'll I'll try and touch back into that parenting uh, part of it um, but to recap the whole physical feeling of not good enough uh, I dealt with it by going to the gym I dealt with it by eating healthy and um, feeling good about when I looked in the mirror uh, what I what I look like All right, I'm gonna move right along to um, Monetary economical. I'm skipping my number two because monetary and economical can impact you as a child as well. All right. So my story, economical, uh, was um, money. I, we didn't have money. You know, mom left. I was around ten years old. My father raised us five kids down there in Shady Hills on a dirt road in a single wide trailer. Uh, we shopped at Goodwill, and when we started going to school. You know, we're wearing used clothes, often wearing, you know, shorts and pants um, the entire week. Three times out of the week, I had to wear the same shorts. And, you know, 
nowadays, Goodwill, you know, I take my daughter to Goodwill, she sees her friends, she's like, hey, everybody's, uh, you know, excited to go to Goodwill and wants to go to Goodwill. But back then, um, it was embarrassing. You know, if I'm shopping at Walmart for, for underwear, you know, and I seen, uh, I remember seeing a girl in my class and my dad was buying us underwear and he was like, John, come here and try on these bloomers. <laughs> this girl I had a crush on, I don't know, that was in seventh grade. And I was so embarrassed because she just happened to walk by that, that aisle where the bloomers were. Who the hell calls them bloomers, by the way? Anyway, I was so embarrassed, man. And, and they were whitey tighties. Whitey tighties. I don't know who wears those things anymore. But um, ah, I just remember shopping like that. And we had to. And I look back and my dad did a great job of raising us and um, all that. But not having the clothes or the sizes and hand-me-downs and all that, golly, man, I just remember going to school and just seeing kids with their you know, new polo shirts and, you know, uh, the new Nikes. Guys, I didn't have Nikes till I was like freaking 20 years old, man. Seriously, 20 years old, I uh, never had a pair of Nikes. I wear, I wore Voights from Kmart, Spaldings from Kmart, I think. Shaquille O'Neal, number 34, he had a pair of shoes that I really wanted, I guess, because they were real cheap at Walmart or Kmart. Um, I tried, uh, I had a pair of Reeboks from Goodwill, the black and white ones, the old schools. Man, I love those shoes because they were a name brand, right? Um, but anyway, I just remember going to school and just, just feeling like people were staring at me. Yeah, I was in a big, big school. They were staring at me. I was skinny and I didn't have... Uh, the clothes that everybody else had on, and uh, I just didn't feel like I fit in. Hey, your thoughts are not always the truth. I wish somebody had told me that back then, because nobody probably gave a shit what I was wearing. All right, nobody probably gave a shit. The girls I had a crush on didn't care what kind of bloomers I was wearing. I guarantee it. And uh, I just I hate that. I hate that it bothered me that much. And there's a saying I'm going to butcher it, but. Uh, somebody told me that I should be the person that I needed when I was 10 years old or 15 or 25. We need to be that person now uh, that we needed. Okay, But uh, it's part of our hard wine. It's part of our past. So we're going to talk about it and we're going to figure out how to manage it and get past it and get better so we can help others, guys. Um, anyway, so that was as a kid, the money, uh, how it affected us. And... Um, I don't know how my siblings felt about that. That's that's interesting. I'd I'd love to hear their perspective. Um, I was the second oldest. Um, I don't I don't know how they felt, but um, as I got older, it was um, I wanted nicer things, and so I started. You know, I, I was working more. Um, I, I I started uh, working 15 years old on the books. Um, I had um, two, sometimes three jobs on the books. You know, I was a dishwasher at a seafood restaurant, Maryland Seafood. I was I worked at Dairy Queen. Uh, I would do odd jobs working um, for you know my neighbor or th- whatever it took to make more money so I can have nice things. I I bought uh, my own insurance, cell phone, gas. I, you know, there was nothing that I was dependent on my father on. Uh, not because well, no, because he couldn't, and because I wanted to be my own man. And that happened young. You know, I wasn't stuck. Um, I wasn't sticking myself uh, in the house with video games. Yeah, I'm gonna attack you, video gamers. <laughs> can't can't let that go to waste. But um, I, I wanted to go out. I wanted to be out. I wanted to better myself. And maybe I was comparing myself, or maybe I just wanted nice things. I Man, I wanted a pair of Nikes. Actually, I take that back, guys. My first pair of Nikes was not when I was 20. It was when I got on the school basketball team. And I played from 7th grade through high school, through senior year. And um, part of the team uniform was Nikes. And so I had to come up with, the, you know, 100 bucks or whatever it was to get the, the team bag and the shoes. Man, I, I remember getting that pair of Nikes. You guys don't understand. Your first pair of Nikes when you've never had a pair, I feel like it was a culmination of years and years and years of busting my ass uh, to get that, to get to that point where I now have a pair of Nikes. Man, um, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, our kids need a pair of shoes. We go right right down to the damn mall and buy them, too, because it's BOGO. Shit, I don't, I mean, it's not, it's not the same world. But anyway, uh, 
clothes, the monetary thing. Um, as I got older, I was buying more things. I was um, finding ways to make more money. And it didn't matter how much money I made. There was always something else I wanted. Uh, there was always that guy that had a nicer car. You know, I drove that 85 K5 Blazer. That I'm redoing and restoring right now, and I love it. Uh, but back then, it wasn't it wasn't that cool because everybody else had new vehicles or newer vehicles with air condition. Guys, it's not it's not cool to live in Florida and not have air conditioning. No pun intended. It's really not cool. <laughs> And especially when you're going on dates, you know, you're 16, 17 years old and it's sweating your ass off and you're trying to impress this girl and you're driving an 85 Blazer. It's not, it's not that cool. So, um, I wanted, I, I, why can't I have a newer car? Why can't I do all this? And man, it didn't feel good, but, um, it's what I had. Uh, I'm grateful now that I was even able to have anything. Uh, I'm grateful that I had the attitude to work my ass off to be able to get those things, but, um, was I comparing myself? Yes. Um, and I don't know that that's bad. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here, guys, and we shouldn't compare ourselves in a lot of different ways, but being competitive and wanting to be better is another story. Uh, so I'm going to try and keep this simple by saying that's what I did. I, I compared you know, my old truck to you know Bobby and Timmy's new Mustang or Camaro, whatever the hell they had. Uh, alright, so let's speed it up to join the military. I, um, got married, um, and then it was, um, you know, my first wife, uh, hey, how come we don't have a new car like so-and-so, or all our friends have new plasma flat-screen TVs, and I'm over here busting my ass, going on deployments, doing all these things, trying to um, you know, fix our house up. I, I bought a house. I was was like 20 years old. Bought a house. I'm trying to, you know, renovate it and do all these things. And she wanted a flat screen TV, and everybody else had one, and new cars. And man, I just I was, you know, I remember we were comparing. Well, she was comparing ourselves to other couples, and I was trying to do what I thought was important, which was, you know, working on that house and um, the money thing. I'm gonna get back to that part. Uh, I'm going to get back to the monetary and economical area uh, because it, it's going to uh, cross over the line of career and education. Um, so, um, quick recap. First uh, area of feeling inadequate, feeling not good enough was physical. Uh, the second was the monetary and economical. Uh, the third, career and education, that uh, was money gets real close as you can see money you're talking about your career education uh, the better you do in your career the more you educate yourself the more money you're gonna make well guys I didn't even take my SATs because I knew I was going to the military um, I wasn't gonna go to community college where everybody was going everybody was getting four-year colleges and leaving I joined the military uh, that was where I got my education. I worked on um, avi avionics, F-18s and SH-60s, jets and uh, helicopters. I worked on their uh, radar jamming, electronic countermeasures. But you had to go through an A school. A school is your specific training. So it was electronics. Um, learning, it's a crash course. It's basically like a two-year college into a year. And it's a crash course of, of uh, AC and DC, just anything electronic and electrical, we had to go through all that. And it's tough, guys. Uh, the career, the, I mean, the education part, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not, I wasn't a 4.0 student. I think that there's uh, definitely uh, things that I am interested in, I tend to, to educate myself on in school I was just trying to get a 2.0 so I can play ball that's really what it came down to what I was interested in I would I would definitely engulf myself in and learn it but I was a 2.0 student and uh, I don't know listen when I listen to a song I've got to listen to it about 30 times before I really know what the lyrics are saying uh, when I read a book or when I read something I've got to look at it sometimes three times before I understand it, especially instructions or directions or 
anything where there's uh, a sequence of events, I have to really read it two or three times because the first time I read it, it's I still got other things going on in my brain. I don't know how to explain this. Uh, but I read it. I try to knock some of the things out of my brain. I read it again. And then I, then I start really word for word for word on the third time. And that's how it is for me to learn or to learn a song, to learn anything. So I, I can do whatever it is. I mean, there's probably a learning disability here, but I'm okay with that. And it's, it's who I am. It's how I've managed to get as far as I have. And I'm okay with it. And I just know that this is my process. This is how I manage it. But to learn geometry, to learn things where I wasn't, uh, it wasn't relevant to me right then and there, I wasn't, I wasn't interested. I would try to cheat or I would just do the bare minimum. What does it take to get this right here? And I would get it done. Anyway, so I joined the Navy and I failed at being a Navy SEAL. And then I went off to a school to learn avionics. And I remember going through that course and about halfway through, um, I failed a test and they kicked me back two weeks. So then I had to go through two more weeks of that. And that sucked. Uh, it sucked because everybody I was in school with got to keep moving on. And now I felt dumb. Now I felt stupid that I failed the test and I got rocked backwards. That's what they call it. They're going to rock you back. They rocked me back and I just I felt that. I felt that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. And, man, it's just a terrible feeling to, to go that far with your friends at that point, people you're living with and bunking with and coking and joking with at lunch. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting rocked back. Then they start getting orders, and you got to wait for yours, and they get to leave, and you're stuck on base there, and they already left. Gosh, man, that was a sucky feeling. But, uh, you know, I was figuring out how to learn still. You know, that's that's something I think about now. I'm, I'm trying to think this out loud. I, I, didn't, I, I wonder when it was when I figured out how to learn. I'm still figuring out how to learn, to be honest. I really, I just, I don't know. I wonder how many people are out there that don't really understand how to learn and how we can teach that to, our, to, the, to the younger people other than just giving them medication. Uh, who's with me out there? I mean, who thinks that we should be uh, teaching kids how to learn versus medicating them. And I'm not saying that I'm uh, not for medication. I'm sure there's a there's a place. I'm sure there's way more to this than, than I know. But I feel like a lot of kids learn different ways. And I figured out how to learn at a later age. And I'm just, look, I'm, like I said before, be the person I, I needed when I was that age. So I'm trying to educate now on what I know. Um, I hope I get a bunch of feedback on this, guys. I'd like to learn more about it and how we can help our kids getting back into the parenting thing. Think about how your kids are learning. Think about how they're putting that block in, into that circle and their thought process and uh, why they're doing certain things. And um, when they're asking questions, don't shut them down. All right? Don't, don't shut your kids down when they're asking questions. Say, do as I say, not as I do. And all that right there. They're asking because they're trying to learn. I think about that, asking questions and being, you know, told, just do what I tell you to do. Well, now I don't know how that works. You know, when I was trying to understand how that works and you were just frustrated because you didn't know how to explain it, mom or dad, you know, that, that I see was a probably uh, a bigger problem for me. Hey, hey, son, just hold that flashlight right there. Well, dad, how does that brake caliper work? Just, just hold it, hold it. I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's... That's kind of the mentality that went on there. But, you know, if I wanted to learn how an engine worked, uh, I figured it out uh, by taking it apart, putting it together, all that. Um, not because somebody showed me, uh, you know, step for step for step, or it's not because I read a book on the theory of how it works. It's because I was OJT. I was, I was actually doing it. And a lot of guys are like that where they've got to learn uh, by... Um, a lot of men that I know that learn mechanics or anything physical is they have to do it. They're not going to read the theory and then get it. So, uh, man, got off on that tangent, but the education part, telling you how I learned and how I figured out how to learn and all that, 
man, I can still feel this sometimes when I'm when somebody's trying to explain something to me in business and I don't get it. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you when this happens the most. When my accountant is trying to tell me how taxes work <laughs> or how things are getting taxed, this is where I start losing it. I, mm, I want to I wanna know more about it, but it has to be explained two, three, and four times. And it's sometimes hard to ask uh, to, to explain and re-explain things. And I can understand how people can be embarrassed to ask those sort of things. Uh, so to get into the parenting role again, um, I would tell you if you've got children out there and they don't understand something and you explain it to them and they give you that look or they say or they shake their head, I'm telling you right now, they don't understand, ask them and then try a different uh, angle on it. You know, hey, did, did you understand that, son? Hey, hey Victoria, did you... Do you get what I was trying to tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, explain it back to me. Tell me what. Tell me how you think that works. Make sure that they know, okay? Because if they don't, they're going to try and go through life not really knowing things and thinking that they have to fake it till they make it. Or, or you know, I, if I if I ask, I don't. You don't want your children to be afraid to ask, okay? That's with teachers, with with their bosses, with uh, with you. You don't want your children to be afraid to ask and learn things. Man, you know, I'm at that point where I'm like, you have to stop. You know, Mr. Accountant, Mr. CPA, stop for a second. I need to write this down uh, in big block letters because I need to be able to look at it and then say it to myself 30 times. I don't understand. All right, so have that open communication with your children um, and make sure that they actually understand things. Uh, now, I'm not a, not a teacher either. But I can tell when I am, I can be abrasive, all right? I can be very intense and abrasive. And when I'm showing Victoria something, my daughter, I am, I know that I can come off wrong. And so if I'm showing anybody anything, wherever, work, employees, uh, at the gym, it doesn't matter. I know that I can be abrasive to the point where they just want me to shut up or they don't want to get yelled at or they don't want me to be loud anymore. And so they just shake their head. And I'm, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay. I understand that's how I was raised. I was yelled at. I was uh, berated. I was uh, caused to be in situations uh, where I was, don't ask any more questions. Uh, and I don't want to be uh, the hammer like that. I want people to be more receptive. I want them to say, you know, John really taught me that. And that's, I think, uh, or he was patient. Uh, man, you teachers, man, the, the patience you guys have. I mean, I, that's why I'm, I'm so impressed by the teachers on the, the patience that they have. Because it's not just one child in that classroom. Y'all have got all, you know, 20, 30 kids. And then you got different periods sometimes. And you're, I mean, I, hats off to the teachers out there. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, uh, that's learning, um, education. I didn't go to college, so a lot of guys I knew that got degrees I felt inadequate to, and you know, when I was, uh, let me see, married the first time, uh, all her friends, they all had degrees, or their boyfriends graduated, and I would talk shit, and oh, that guy there, it was because I felt inadequate, and I had to try and knock them down, (laughs) you know, uh, you got a four-year degree, and I didn't. And I felt like that was the the route that most people took. And now I'm comparing myself to that. When reality is that they, they probably didn't look down on me. You know, they uh, my thoughts are not always the truth, right? They, they, they probably would have been friends. But I was being a jerk. I was being standoffish or whatever the case is. I wish I wasn't comparing myself that much back then like that. Anyway, it didn't cause me to go get a degree either. It didn't cause me, hey, I need to go do this. It just made me work harder at whatever I was doing to, uh, I don't know, to make myself feel better or to to validate myself. I don't know. So the career, uh, well, that was education. I'm keeping the career and education in the same area. I feel like that's the road to, um, to money. That's the road to how much money we're going to make or the position we hold or, or all that. So I went from the physical, uh, the physical part. I went down to the monetary, and then I went to the career and education. I hope you everybody's following me here. But 
the education, um, I put an emphasis on that because everybody was doing that. I was comparing myself to what everybody else was doing uh, at the time. And once I got past that, I was, again, I went to the Navy. Uh, I got out and I got into um, working on machinery, uh, metal fabricating machinery I knew nothing about. I wasn't scared of it, though, because I knew uh, or I would figure out, I knew I would figure it out. Okay, that's that's the story of my life. I knew I would figure it out. I'm the type of guy that's going to jump into a fire and then figure out how to put it out. Uh, I have poor risk assessment. <laughs> I tell you that. I mean, if I if I feel like if I was smarter, I would assess things, assess situations, and decide against them. I, I would. You know what? I probably shouldn't go into business because that's going to mean a lot of hardship, a lot of heartache, and I could just stay in this comfy you know, job right here. I feel like if I was to assess situations, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do a lot of things. So the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward, but also the bigger the, the fall when you fall. And that's, that's again, that's part of how I learn. I, I don't assess things the same way as everybody else does. Uh, man, I'm definitely getting off track. The career uh, that I chose was working on machinery, and I learned how to do that. And as I learned how to do that, I became confident in what these machines did. Uh, two or three years later, I um, was recognized for communication skills that I didn't really know I had, but I figured it out. I figured out that I had communication skills, and I knew the equipment. So now I became a salesman. So I sold equipment. I sold this machinery. And um, I did okay. And I remember at some point, um, somewhere along the lines, I had a competitor uh, want to hire me. They wanted to hire me and offered me, at the time, uh, $28,000. Um, that year, I made $99,600. $99,600. That year, and they offered me twenty-eight thousand dollars, and I felt because they were a bigger competitor, I felt like I wasn't a hundred thousand dollar guy. I felt inadequate. I felt like I was a fluke. I felt like I was a fraud. Like I didn't know this stuff because they're they're only going to offer me this, and it was just a it was a moment. I don't know why that it knocked me down. Um, it knocked me down to get offered that and to think maybe I didn't know what I was doing. And I'll tell you what, now that I'm older, I realize that the more I think I know, the more I know I, I don't know shit. And most people are that way. No matter how cocky they are, no matter how arrogant they are, confident, whatever, you know, we only know so much. And... Uh, almost every time, the guy with the biggest front knows the least. I don't care what kind of degree you got. And I wish I would have told myself back then, I think I was 25 years old, I wish now I would have said, <laughs> you should have laughed in that guy's face, the owner of that company. Because shortly after, I don't know, four or five years later, started my own company, um, over a million dollars in a year, and revenue for the company and I look back and I wish I could have laughed in his face uh, I don't I don't know why it knocked me down but it did and so in career we got to be careful on our on our worth on our self-worth uh, just because what they were willing to pay for me wasn't what I was really worth I was comparing myself to maybe the employees over there uh, maybe the employees with other competitors or the tenure I only had, you know, everybody else had 20, 30 years. They were looking at me like a like a rookie, which I guess technically I, w I was a rookie, but $28,000. <laughs> and look, if you're making 28 or something like that, just understand that I made $99,600 that year and they were going to pay me 28 and it's and it, it grabbed a hold of me for no reason. For no reason. Somebody else was telling me what I was worth when I knew I was worth more. I should have known that I was worth more. All right. 
So that got me up to uh, owning my business. And um, I'll tell you what, the other thing is the meetings uh, early on in my career, uh, I would try and overdress, going to the going to the bank even when I first started my business. I'd go to the bank and I'd make sure I was all dressed up. I'd go to these meetings and make sure I was all dressed up. And I'm not underselling dressing up, guys. I'm not, I'm not underselling that. Um, you know, you have to uh, look. I've got to really be careful with this because I'm not telling you to go look like a bum and wear a T-shirt to a meeting. But I'm saying you don't have to wear a suit and tux like on Step Brothers where they're trying to get a janitor job. And I was going to the bank to deposit these checks in a suit for no reason because I didn't feel like I was good enough to go deposit these checks in, in basketball shorts in a tank. <laughs> I'm not saying that's how you should do it, but there's no reason for me to dress up for like that. All right? These meetings, you know, I, I didn't have to dress up to where I uh, was overdressed. You know, when I see... People now that are overdressed, I, I can sense that they're trying to fill that inadequacy with what else they're good at. They can dress, so they're gonna they're gonna wear these you know eight hundred dollars shoes. You know they're gonna they're gonna wear this you know twelve hundred dollars suit or five thousand dollars suit that they got tailor made. <laughs> you know I I don't maybe it's because I shopped at Goodwill as a kid, but I don't put value on clothes like that anymore. You know, I still look for the sale or I buy what I want, uh, what I think looks good. And y'all can tell if you see me in person or on Instagram, I, I wear what I want and that's just it. But I'm appropriate in the situations. Uh, the dress situation. Nobody taught me how to dress either. I didn't know how to tie a tie until I got into the military. I didn't know what a sport coat was. I didn't know... Uh, what kind of shoes to wear in certain situations. and uh, What I did know, though, is to iron my damn clothes, shine my shoes. I think there was a lot of, a lot of military right there. So um, I wish somebody would have showed me how to tie a tie back then, and I wish somebody would have told me the appropriate clothes to wear at, at, at during situations. All right. Um... I think that covers the career. I think that covers the education. I think I told you I was going to go back, uh, touch on the money and economical, and I think I did. Um, keeping up with the Joneses. I'm just looking over some notes here, guys, before I step into the deep, dark relationship area here. Uh, take a second here to... To reflect on those things, the physical career and education and the, the money. Think about, you know, at what point in your life did you feel inadequate? At what point did you say, hey, I don't feel good enough in this situation? Was it you know, was it uh, a school situation where you didn't score a good enough grade? Was it where you didn't get picked up on the football team where um, maybe you, you have an extra few pounds on you? Maybe, you, maybe you, you, you're bulimic. Maybe you don't have enough weight on you. Uh, maybe you're not making enough money in your in your job right now. Maybe you feel like this is it. You're going to spend 30 years with this company because you can't do any better and you can't step out because you got a lot of obligations and responsibilities. All right? Let me tell you something. Uh, I've said it maybe once or twice now, <laughs> but your thoughts are not always the truth. Okay? Think about those things and assess it. Uh, just be aware of all that. I'm going to go into this relationship thing here, guys. I'm going to jump in and um, I'm going to go back and say that we're comparing ourselves to others a lot of times when we're feeling this uh, for the relationship situation. Um, most of the times that we feel uh, not good enough in a relationship is because of insecurities Okay, it's because we've been cheated on in the past. It's because we've been lied to in the past. It's because we've been betrayed in the past, and now we're gonna put it in the in the uh, relationship we're in now. Okay, that's that's where a lot of that not feeling good comes from. Maybe she cheated on you uh, with a bigger and buffer guy, 
and now you're in another relationship and you're afraid it's going to happen again. That's understandable. Uh, maybe she lied about where she was going to be at all the time. Maybe uh, she betrayed your trust uh, with secrets you gave her. All right? And now you're in a relationship and now you feel like you can't trust that other person. Well, I'm going to tell you one, one of the most unattractive traits a person can have. I mean, you can be drop-dead gorgeous to me, but if you're insecure, mm, you're a one. You're a two. If you're insecure, golly, that's just so unattractive. It's such a turn-off. All right? I'm just telling you my feelings. I've been here. I've been in this situation. All right? All right, so now that I've explained... Uh, Briefly, I mean, I know there's other ways and other reasons we don't feel good enough in relationships, but um, <laughs> how about this? How about this? Have uh, any of the ladies, <laughs> how about the ladies and gentlemen, have you ever got mad at your significant other because they liked a picture of the opposite sex on Instagram or Facebook or something like that? Who's guilty of this? Who's guilty of... How many guys out there have liked a picture of some girl in a bikini with a big butt and uh, their girlfriend caught them, you know, why did you like that picture? Has anybody been under this microscope before? You know, big buff jack and tan guy, your girl likes it and you, you just happen to see you're scrolling and you looked at she liked it. Why is she liking that guy's picture? Does she know him? Then you start looking and scrolling and creeping. <laughs> you're insecure, so you're like, well, you know, maybe there's more to this story. It can't just be because um, maybe that's a cousin. Maybe that's a, uh, you know, they just, they like the way they look or whatever. They like the place they're at. There's other people in the picture. We're going right for the, what does she have? What does he have that I don't? It's insecure. It's insecurities. Why do we feel that way? Well, maybe we don't feel like we're physically matching up. We're comparing ourselves. Maybe that person is smarter, got a master's degree, and then maybe they're a doctor and got an awesome career. And, and, you know, I can't compete with that guy. I can't compete with that guy, but she's liking his pictures, following everything he does. I can't compete with that. We're comparing ourselves without really looking at the truth. He or she has chosen us for who we are, and we're going to sabotage that? With insecurities? Look, insecurities are going to self-sabotage us every time. Every time. So figure it out. Figure out these insecurities. Let's overcome them. Let's manage them. Alright? I'm, I'm saying all this stuff, but I'm going to give you my how and how I've dealt with this. Because I promise you, I have felt this way in relationships before. I have not felt good enough in relationships before. Uh, and it sucks. I've been insecure, and it comes out in fights. It comes out in arguments. It might not even be, you liked his picture and this and that. Or I seen you looking at him at the beach. Guys, let me tell you, when there's a pretty girl walking down the beach, girls, let me tell you, when there's a pretty guy or a good-looking jack-and-tan guy with a six-pack coming down the beach, it's probably me, but <laughs> anyways, you see it and you recognize the hard work, or you recognize the attractiveness, we are all humans, all right? We're all humans. There are going to be good-looking guys and good-looking girls everywhere. What are we supposed to do? Not look? Not not like it? Are you, look, I, I don't know, but I remember feeling inadequate and insecure about this. But now, if I, you know, if I see a good-looking dude out there at the beach... Whatever females around me, hey, look at that guy. That's a freaking stud right there, man. Look, you know, let's let's acknowledge that we're all humans, all right. But the person you're with, the boyfriend or girlfriend you got, chose you. Don't get hung up on what they're looking at, because when they're not around you, oh, they're looking. But just know that, know what you're doing. You're not gonna look at that pretty girl. You're not gonna, you know, acknowledge or. Uh, Appreciate the guy's hard work that's jacked and tanned over there. Come on, guys. Let's get real. All right? Be happy that he or she is with you. Don't self-sabotage that. 
Uh, you know what? Maybe you like the picture too. Maybe you look at it and say, hey, he, he liked that, that picture. and um, I can see why. Not because she has something that I don't have. I'm not six foot six. So if the girl I'm with likes the guy that's six foot six picture, I can't, there's nothing I can do about that. What, what am I supposed to, what, what am I supposed to do? Cry about it? There's nothing I can do, but she's with me. I'm good. But it wasn't always that way. It wasn't always that way at all. But um, it's taken time to be self-aware and to, to grow that confidence. I'm, you know, I'm in the gym, gym every day. Uh, physically fit. I feel good. I'm healthy. I'm happy. And it's taken time to get to that point. Well, uh, relationship thing. Man, we can. I want everybody's feedback on this. DM me. Email me. Whatever. Uh, I want to dig into that deeper. Possibly have some guests on with these things. I want to dig into why we feel certain ways so we can help overcome and help other people's overcome. But at this point in my life, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tapping the shoulder and saying, hey, look at that guy. You know, he busted his ass for that body. Let's appreciate that. Now, I, I'm not into that, all into women, but you have to appreciate that. So, look, if he's liking pictures, and if she's liking pictures, don't, man, I understand. I understand what you're thinking. What does he or she have that I don't? You're thinking that rather than, um, he has chosen me. He is with me. And that's the truth. Your thoughts are not the truth. Not always the truth. So I'm just trying to give you a little different perspective. So when you catch her you know, liking pictures and commenting on stuff. or um, I want to be careful because there's a line here of being respectful. You know, if you're with somebody... Uh, you don't go commenting, you know, with a bunch of hearts saying "hit me up" on on somebody's thing. But I'm talking about likes here, man. I I know a lot of guys that have gotten in trouble for liking a picture, me included, and it doesn't feel good. Like, and I was confronted with it. You know, well, you liked her picture. Why'd you like her picture? Well, I'll be honest with you. She had a nice butt. Okay, she worked hard for that butt. She squatted a lot. And now she's got a nice butt and she wants to show it off on Instagram. God bless her. All right. You should like the picture too. All right. That's where I'm at. I'm all about honesty and transparency, uh, being respectful. And uh, the truth is that <sighs> your thoughts are not always the truth. So there's my perspective. I'm going to keep it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep it at that with the relationships. Give me your feedback. All right. Uh, just know as well, uh, confidence is the most attractive thing in, in a person. All right, it's not always the looks; it's how people carry themselves. And we've all, you know, we all talk about, uh, or we've all seen the really pretty girl with the the really heavy set guy, and you're like, well, how does that work? Uh, well, it's because he's probably funny and confident. All right, all right. Physical, career and education, monetary and economical, and relationships. Those are the four areas that I have really uh, focused on. And uh, I'm going to tell you that, you know, or you would ask me, how did you get over that or how do you manage uh, feeling not good enough in those situations? How did you get past all that? And I wrote this all down uh, and I'm, it's all over the place, so I'm going to spill it out like this. We all have to have confidence in order to feel uh, good enough. Good enough is confidence. All right, well, how do we get to that point? You know, when I was uh, feeling physically inadequate, I got my ass to the gym. All right, and I think I was 26, 27 years old. I was, let me see, I could pinpoint this. I was 26 years old where I became... Uh, I started creating my anchor, my structure uh, that has helped build my confidence. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I realized I created my own happiness. 
all right I created that and it's now my anchor all right I created this anchor that no matter what happens in my life no matter what disaster happens I'm gonna continue to do these things and it will bring or keep me happy not everybody does this and they fall apart in a lot of situations and I realize that no matter what happens I still go to the gym all right I still eat right I listen to self-development podcasts every day I wake up the first thing I do before I even climb out of bed I grab my phone before I before I check emails text messages social media I hit YouTube and I hit I hit uh, usually it's David Goggins or Jocko Willink or Andy Frisella. Uh there's a number of them that I listen to but I'm gonna hit one of them somebody needs to start screaming yelling at me and telling me how to get my day going boom you gotta do that not everybody wakes up a 10 not everybody wakes up ready to go and is happy shit 80% of my days I wake up I just wanna freaking lay there so if I don't do these things I could become depressed I could become feeling not good enough but I, you got to go through these things. You, when you nail these anchors down every day, this is what's going to create this confidence. This is what's going to create that, this nobody can stop you mentality. All right? So I wake up. I put on a podcast. I put on the YouTube. I get going. Uh, spirituality. You know, I believe in God, and I want to be closer to Him, and I'm going to do what I can to be closer. I'm going to try and be a, be a better person. I'm not telling you to be religious, but spirituality is a really important part of this. Go meditate. You know, I, I like going to yoga. I haven't been in a while, but, um, you know, there's a higher power. If you believe in a higher power, figure that out. You know, get closer to that. Spirituality is a real important part uh, of our health and our well-being. I know there's a lot more that I'm missing there, but I think you need to have your quiet time and, you know, believe that there's a higher power and how to be at peace with all that. I think I'm missing a whole bunch. I should have done more research on that, but I'm just letting you know that I pray. Um, I talk to God when I, um, when I want to, when I need to. Um, I try to look to the word for answers. Um, I'm I'm angry with him. I'm I get happy with God. I, I I'm very thankful and grateful. But I have a relationship, and it, it's spirituality. And you know, like I said, I don't care what you're believing in. I don't care what you're doing. But you got to be spiritual at a level. And the last thing, and I've realized this probably in the last two three years, um, uh, helping others. Helping others brings me probably the most happiness other than, you know, spending time and, and watching my daughter grow. Um, I love being able to give back, and I feel like it helps. Uh, not only are you helping others, but you're helping yourself to heal and to grow when you're helping. You're talking about, like I did here today, I talked about a lot of things, but that took a lot of research. That took a lot of digging. That took a lot of quiet time. I can't tell you how much time I spent on this. You know, more than weeks. More than weeks that digging into my past, digging into my deep, dark holes in my head, you know, thinking about that, that <laughs> thinking about my dad screaming, hey, get your bloomers at the Walmart. That I haven't thought about that in a while. You know, while my, my old 7th grade crush was walking out of the aisle at the exact time. You, <laughs> look, this stuff takes time. So when you're helping others, you, you're selfishly helping yourself, but you're giving back. Maybe I said that backwards. You're giving back and it's helping you grow. It's helping you be a better person so you can help more people. Hmm. I can go on about that, but I've I've grown and I, I spend a lot of time trying to figure out how I can help others. So these are my anchors, guys, and I feel like if you adopt these things at some level, you're gonna be you're gonna be anchored down, you're gonna find yourself becoming more confident, smiling more, getting through situations. These things right here is what helped me get through all four of those and manage, I say get through, manage these issues, okay, so when I say manage, 
let me tell you something. Uh, two years ago, I, I don't remember, my second wife leaving me. Leaving me. Left, and it was about... Let me think about it. She didn't want to be with me anymore. John, I don't want to be with you anymore. Oh, shit. This sucks. Um, okay. Why doesn't she want to be with me? Why wouldn't you want to be with me? I've been going... You know, I, I, I'm a decent guy, and I, I do all this, and, you know, i got to... I got a career, I look good, you know, going to church, why doesn't she want to be with me? And I, I, I went through all this, I didn't want to leave, I should have brought this up during the relationship part, but, you know, I kept thinking to myself, why doesn't she want to be with me? Have you guys ever been with somebody and they didn't want to be with you? Or wanted to be with somebody and they didn't want to be with you? Are there people you want to be friends with that don't make any effort to try and be friends with you? I want to get a beer with that guy. You know, he's a really cool guy. I want to know more about him. You know, I think we'd be really cool friends, but he never returns my text messages. It takes days. <laughs> Have you ever texted a guy and he doesn't text you back for another day? <laughs> he ghosts you. <laughs> he stands you up. He acts uninterested when you guys are together. He's texting other people. Have you ever been in a relationship where it feels unbalanced? You're doing way more than he or she is doing. Hmm. Well, I've felt that as well. And I'm going to tell you this. When I, when I say, why doesn't this person want me? All that is, is the opposite of feeling not good enough. That is actually ego. That was all John's ego. John has a nice body. He's got a great career, a nice vehicle. He's got real estate. He's got all this going for him. Why doesn't she want to be with me? It doesn't matter why she doesn't want to be with me. She doesn't want to be with me anymore. <laughs> I know that sounds real blunt, but it's the truth. Yeah, I can't help that. I can't. I, I mean, the truth, the truth is that she's felt inadequate. She wasn't feeling good enough. She had depression and anxiety and all that, and she couldn't figure out how to, how to be with somebody like me. The problem is when it's unbalanced in this in this situation, it's usually not you. But your ego will keep you in there and keep you fighting for it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? So if somebody's ghosting you, not keeping up with plans, um, you find yourself uh, doing everything in the relationship and they're not doing anything. That's your ego keeping you in that situation because I'll tell you right now, if somebody was ghosting my daughter, was acting uninterested in dates, was standing her up, not texting her back for uh, you know days or whatever the case is, I'm going to tell you right now, I'd tell her to run. You're better than that. You're good enough. You're better than good enough. Move on. They got something going on that you can't help. All right. Let me get back to the anchors. I didn't want to leave that part out. That was scribbled down here in the corner. But those anchors of being physically fit, going every day to the gym or whatever, doing something active, you know, eating good food, uh, self-development, spirituality, and helping others. Those things right there, um, I know it sounds simple, but... That right there kept me going, and two weeks after she left, you know, there was a two-week time period. I was married, I don't know how long, five, six years to my second wife, and, and she, uh, let me see, she, she left, and within two weeks, it was two weeks where I was like, oh, I'd wake up, be upset, damn, what's going on, but after two weeks, let me tell you something, guys, I was good. I don't know, maybe that's insensitive, maybe that's, oh, well, John, you really didn't care. No bullshit, I really cared, but I think I got to the point where I was okay. Uh, I knew I was okay, and I wasn't the issue. You gotta understand you're not the issue, but when you have an anchor like that, your life keeps moving, okay? People in and out of your life, whether it's a relationship, a friend, a a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, um, uh, somebody passes away, Life goes on. That sun don't stop for nobody. Sun don't stop for nobody. So get your anchor. T 
teach your kids to have anchors. And let's get through this life happy and confident. Alright? Be the person that you needed when you were going through these struggles. Listen, guys, I'm here to help. I hope this has helped. I'm going to end. We're at an hour. Um, if you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. Uh, Instagram, DM, uh, Facebook, or email, anything like that. Uh, get a hold of me. Give me questions. Give me feedback. Let me know what you think. Leave reviews. Help this thing grow. If you have any other subjects that you'd like to talk about or like to hear me talk about, uh, please hit me up. Let me know what you think. All right. Enjoy your day, and we'll get to you next time.